I'm Garrett McCaffrey, and this is the Swim Swam podcast. With us today is the head coach and owner of Peak Swimming in Northern California, Abby Lou, who joins us in front of her shoe wall. Abby, thanks so much for coming. Yeah. Welcome to my vault, everybody. Um, big fan of your podcast and a great job, Garrett, and just so knowledgeable and so fun. And I know it's not just for the coaches as well as for the athletes and, and everybody's talk about it. So great, great, great job. you know, talk about sneakers, swimming, and culture, and us, and uh, thanks for the opportunity. I'm looking forward to it, Abby. I love talking with you and getting the chance to share our conversation. I think we'll help a lot of people, you know, get, get some exposure to all the great things you've got going on. Let's start right where you're at with those shoes, and I think those shoes encompass everything you just talked about, you know, coaches, good for coaches, swimmers, um, you know, it's not just a fashion piece, but it definitely is that because you got style and I love it. Will you uh, take us through? I know you have three shoes that, I mean, we can't go through all nearly 200 of them, but um, if we have three that we kind of want to just talk about and get to know a little bit better. You can explain, you know, what those mean to you and, and just kind of what this shoe collection is to you and how it started. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, um, I got this piece here. I believe to in my collection, this is the most creative piece of uh, footwear. Um, it's really just a piece of art, just like a coaching, right? It's, it's, it's a piece of art and what we do and how we do it and who we do it with. So, um, and also it's a collaboration. So this is um, Ben and Jerry club, club with uh, Nike, uh, SB Dunk. So comes with, a, it's a friends family packaging. So it's a special packaging. Comes with it in the ice cream cone. Um, it's huge. And here's a shoe. It's so colorful, right? I mean, I mean, people know me and like my personality and my my footwear. Obviously, it's very colorful, so it suits me really well. And and it looks like a moo, right? <laughs> right. So it's like calf skin kind of here, and then it's all leather and really, really well done. Um, and then right, and a ton of the shoe said, "If it's not fun, why do it?" I love it. And so it's just like all the messaging and the collaboration too, right? The, of the two great companies, um, kind of like well, you know what we're doing right now, right? We're on the pool deck. We collaborate, collaborating with other coaches and colleagues and and swimmers. One of my favorite things is just going to swim meets and talking to coaches, right? And just learn from them. And it's just this this whole thing. It's every opportunity I get, and and you know me. I mean, that's how we met on the pool deck as well, right? Um, is learn and 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 networking so love that so and this piece is a most creative here yeah i love i mean the idea that you know building it piece by piece from the sole to the you know the like you said you have that that patchwork cat like cow skin around it like it's just the way that it comes together it's a conversation starter in itself and does it help on the deck with the uh, the conversations when you're rocking your sneakers Absolutely. You know, I, Garrett, I didn't grow up here. I grew up in China and I came here in my late teens. And so I really didn't have teammates whom I grew up with um, in the U.S. So like, you know, I, I, I go to initially when I started coaching and going to the swim meets and I'm like, 
I don't know anybody, you know, and I see other people like, hey, this is my teammate, we raced in college against each other, all that story, which I do have too, but they were all back in China, right? Um, so having, like, obviously this is a passion of mine, but getting on the pool deck and people first thing, without knowing my name, they're like, coach, nice kicks. And then we're like, oh yeah, you know, what did you get? What's your latest cop, right? Did you get the dunker that dropped this morning? Which I didn't this morning. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, that's how we started. And then we really get to know each other, you know, and what, what team you coach and well, how you do certain things. And more so, I believe, is really get to know that person, right? And it's, it's, this, is, this is really, I believe it's a, it's, it's a unique opportunity for me, get to know so many amazing people throughout on the pool deck and various swim meets. So absolutely, it's a conversation starter. And also, it's a culture barrier breakdown, too, because people look at me, um, you know, they don't know me, right? And who is this Asian female coach on the pool deck? Um, but of course now, you know, I've, I've met great, great people and great, great friends. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how we get to know each other. Yeah. It's common ground. It's a sense of belonging because coaches, I think can all attest to the fact I definitely wear nicer shoes because I'm on my feet all day long, you know, and it definitely takes a toll. So taking care of your shoes is, is like anybody else who has to take care of their equipment at work. Well, um, like I said, right? And it's the, it's the, the closest piece between you and the mother earth. And so why not making something that is enjoyable, not only just the comfort, but also um, something that when you look down, it's like, you, you, you just smile, right? <laughs> I, I think sneakerheads understand that, right? And furthermore, in our profession, when you get on the pool deck and kids are in the pool and they look up to you, what's the first thing they see? The shoes, right? And so again, that's another way of connecting with your athletes. And my swimmers walking in, the first thing they make a shoe contact. Coach Abby, what are you wearing today? And wow, you how did you cop this pair? For example, this one, it's a, a Nike Dunk and Fragment design, and that's coming out in two days. And I've been having this in hand, and just because I got lucky, the exclusive access. So I got these, and and it's they're like, how did you have that already, right? I was like, because I'm Coach Abby, I know everything. I get everything first. <laughs> no, Is it because you're a good customer? Where do you get that kind of access? Because it's not just a collection that anybody could have. That's correct. Right. And, and this one, especially, it really just kind of goes back all the way to my roots, too. Because um, this, this has a nickname, Beijing. And so, you know, I, I, I lived in Beijing for eight years and training with a national team. So this is, this is my heritage. This is where I'm from. So, um, and it's special. But I think in terms of exclusive, I, I don't know. Like if you spend enough time on the Nike, uh, the sneakers app, and they kind of recognize your effort. And so they kind of randomly select the user to have that um, early access. So anyways, um, yes, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a piece that connecting um, between me and my, my swimmers as well as other, other people. Will you wear the Beijing? We have, we ever wear it? On the days that we're not using fins, I might. And you know what I mean? <laughs> I definitely do. <laughs> you fins and flip, and it's like, you know, everybody knows that when I'm standing closer to, like, right on the edge, and they, they have to get in, sit and slide in, they don't jump in. Just do not splash my shoes. And, and they know that very well. It's, it's interesting. It's becoming, like, almost a part of our team culture. And they, like, we got swimmers, the girls and the guys, all 
you know, just all just got really into it. So it's like the conversations, like never just about swimming. It's about sneakers. It's about life too, right? It's huge. It's huge. Uh, let's let's see a couple more pairs before we kind of move on and talk a little bit more yeah. about swimming in life. This Outside piece, of the sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> and this piece is a, more, a most precious piece to me. Um, it's Jordan 1 Trophy Room. And um, Trophy Room is a store in Miami and, and run by Jordan's son, Marcus. And right here, it, first thing you notice is the glitter all around the shoe. And it's... Um, Obviously, it's trophy room, right? So right here, you have a Jordan signature here. And it's, there's a story behind that is in um, 1985, February 10th, the All-Star game, Jordan's first All-Star game. And the rumor was like, do not pass him the ball so that he doesn't get score, like crazy scores. So on this insole of this shoe, it says rumor has it. <laughs> and here's the date, February 10th, 1985. And then it's so limited, only 12,000 pairs made. And so my pair is six, seven, seven, eight, all numbered. Every pair is numbered. My favorite part is actually of this shoe is the sole of the shoe. Yeah. Okay, that's an all-star, right? So again, obviously Michael Jordan represents so, so many different meanings and you know, just being the GOAT and the work ethic is, is something that inspires me. You're right, him on the front of that and what he had to overcome before he was Michael Jordan. It's yes. just a cool representation, small piece of that bigger story. And, and uh, the great thing is he continued to do that post, you know, um, athletic life, right? So he's still, he's still doing great and an ambassador um, of the sport. So, so some of these pairs are about the athletes. I think you have one more pair that's also, and you already kind of referenced that Mamba mentality. Yeah, this Let's is- see these ones. I've seen these ones in person too. They are so- Dear to my heart, right? And um, I think everybody, right? It's a Kobe, Kobe pair. But the special, special thing about this pair, it's USA swimming, uh, USA team color. It's red, white, and blue. And in the back right here, it, it says 08 and then 12. Um, it's represent the two Olympics that Kobe represent, uh, went to. And so I, I don't know how, like, how often should I wear it or I will keep it because this is, this is a forever keeping peace. Um, you know, the member mentality, everybody has so much to learn from and watching his documentary. And I, I encourage my kids watching, um, watch his do the documentaries as well. It's just um, so inspiring. And everybody, like just regardless of what you do, whether you're an athlete, you're a student, you're just a, a, a person or mom and dad, just watching that, there's so much to take away with. Yeah, that kind of greatness definitely uh, is something I'm interested in. It's something I, I try to get at as well with some of these conversations. And since you just brought up, you know, Team USA and we're going to Olympic trials here in coming days, starting right now. Yeah. Um, you have an athlete going, you have two representing Peaker at least that are going, but I don't want to say that this is necessarily as simple as one thing. But that greatness that you talk about with Kobe, with Michael, um, I, I'm just going to draw the line at Olympic trials because it's something that's very timely for us. What do you think the difference is? What is the Mamba mentality difference between the swimmers who are at Olympic trials and the swimmers who are just outside of it? Um, to me, at least from my coaching style, um, one of the things you will notice really quickly is honesty. And I keep it 
very transparent and I, I don't really sugarcoat things. And I think nowadays, especially the teenager athletes, that they get a lot of that outside of our sport. And so when they're coming in, if they're truly hungry and looking for improvement, and honesty is the best gift a coach can give to their athletes. And so I think how they interpret that, uh, that honesty makes the differences, right? Some takes it as like, oh, you're pointing something I'm doing wrong and get offended. And some takes it like, great, these are the, that's the room for improvement and I'm gonna fix it, I'm gonna come back and ask for more. That sense of hunger that not only motivates me, and it, that makes them that one percent different and 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 one percent better, you know. And you know, there are so many people who are so close to the Olympic trials cuts, right? Anyway, I, I'm not saying it's luck or or not, but I think it's just coming into daily habits where, hey, how can I do that finish better, right? I'm gonna hold my breath coming into the wall, right? All the way, regardless, not just in the race, but rather every day in practice, because that's what we together have that goal set up for me. And so that's what we're going to do today or every day. And that, that makes some difference. And I think, you know, everybody works really hard and, you know, everybody committed a lot, a lot of their time and energy, but rather to make their time in the pool more effectively, more rewarding, is just really knowing the how piece, how to do it better. I just couldn't agree more with the idea. You didn't reference innate ability or talent. Um, and you know, there obviously is some people, there are some people who are physically gifted, but it, it is, it's your ability to handle the scariness of change and the personal um, relationship that you have with your coach who's gonna you know is supposed to tell you how it is and Absolutely. how you're able to respond yeah. that's where the difference the response in those little details and how you respond is the difference and if you look at you know going to the Olympics right and then they're they're the top five percent of USA swimming right and how do you respond to differences it makes them different than the rest of 95 percent right and I, I also you know one of the biggest thing is building trust and there is no magic set. You know, like, like, what do you do for the IM or what do you do for the sprints, right? If you look at, you know, the workouts between um, Anthony Irvine and um, Caleb Dresso and both those great sprinters, um, but their workout style is completely different, right? Um, there's, there's not single mode fits all, rather that relationship that trust the coach and athlete have. Um, you know, trust is not just say, hey, you trust me, I can do this for you, or let's do this. It's really just walk your talk every day, every single session, everything you do, okay? This is a goal we set up to do, and this is what my commitment to you. And can you, can you do that with me together? You know, again, it's two ways. And that trust is earned and built every day. I just think it's something all swimmers should understand because the control is with them. You know, the control is with them. They have to find a coach, obviously, that they trust, knows the path and knows, or not knows the path because we don't, sorry, swimmers, none of us know for sure exactly the perfect <laughs> path, but at least ha have confident, confidence in that coach. As uh, I, I read a great article on Krzyzewski yesterday as a Sherpa. I love the idea of a coach as a Sherpa and we could do that path 
a bunch of times, but each each route and each time that you're doing it with a new group has got to be unique and everything. And absolutely that has, right. has to be the foundation, but then it's in the athlete's hand and how they handle the actual coaching that makes the difference. Well, for example, right, and the athletes I coach now, the, the group, they're, they're experiencing completely different things than athletes I coached 10 years ago, right? So not only the sport, so the sport evolves, but the people in it also evolve too. So for us coaches, we have to continue to learn and change the way we interact and we coach um, with our athletes, how we, how we do, how we coach with our, uh, uh, with our athletes. So it's, it's a constant adapt, constant change, constant moving. So I think that open-mindedness is not only applied to the athletes, but it also applied to the coaches too, right? How, how well we receive new information, how well we adapt, um, how willingly are we trying to change things. How, I mean, this is a perfect transition into what the last year has been because I feel like if you didn't adapt, you are in a bad place now. Um, how, how did you adapt over the last year during, well, let's start with the pandemic and focus on the COVID angle and then we can get into some of the political things because that is just as big a piece, wow. I think, for our That's personal. athletes and our coaches. So let's yeah. start with the pandemic and just kind of how the schedules changed and how you kind of adapted to less hours or less water time? Absolutely, and I think that, that's a universal language for everybody right now. And, um, but the fact that if you look at the times, people are still getting faster, you know, the last minute me, last chance me, there's still so many people qualifying. And the question they ask is, what did they do? How did you do it? And so for us, we were between March and, eight, March and June, we were, we, we were completely out of the water and zero. And so now I look back and, you know, as frustrated as I was and as scared as the kids were, like, what do we do? You know, we haven't even touched the water. Um, I thought that was the best thing um, happened to us. You know, I'm, I'm, my wife says, and I'm always like overly um, positive. But in a way, I, I truly think so uh, for so many different reasons. Number one, kids get more rest. They, they like never ever had a chance to slow down and just being able to sleep. And the, the, it's repaired so much, so many of the nerve damages that over the years that, that accumulates. And it just for so long, right? It's not just a weekend, you sleep in Sunday night, right? And it doesn't happen that way. But they were able to really just take this time to rest and recovery and, and grow, right? And the, the, the teenagers, you know, giving them a couple, hour, a couple hours more rest, the growth happens. Um, so when they get back, um, you know, sure, you know, they were, they couldn't feel the water, but I see them physically, they were better and they were more fresh in a way, um, from technical wise, we were able to do something different. We weren't able to do before, or when we were swimming, actually, um, you know, used to just get to the pool, get in, swim as much as you can, you know, get the sets done and get out, go home. But now we don't, right? We couldn't do it. Um, and so we approached it from a neuromuscular movement um, and pattern reestablishment uh, process. So what we did is have the kids swimming in front of the mirrors and they watch themselves swim and they videotape themselves. And then at the end, they send the videotapes to me and I'll take a screenshots where I think that the adjustments and changes can be made. And then I'll write my notes and then send back. And they look at it, it's like, what do you see? Like, hey, this is what I see. What do you, what, what if you move the hand this way versus, you know, you're getting in here. Do you see it? It's cross-mid-eye. Um, again, 95% of us are visual learners. So 
you know, they hear enough what I've been telling them while they're swimming, but now they actually see themselves. Not only they see themselves in front of the mirror, but from, from the videos and pictures that I showed them and captured that moment and they were able to make adjustments. So next week, they, they, they continue doing it throughout the week. The following week, they send me more videos and we look at it again. So again, to me- Quick question for the visual effect. Are they standing in front of, like are they standing and then just kind of hinging at the hips to get- Actually, the I don't want them hinged because if they're hinged, that's a different body position. Let's say as if it's breaststroke or uh, breaststroke and butterfly may be different. But for freestyle and backstroke, they're actually standing upright. And so that way, as, as a whole, they, can, they, they, they have a better control and establish their posture. So and you're seeing the video from them standing vertical. So yeah. it's a cool new view for you, too. Like yes. You don't usually yes. see them from that angle, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. You know? And you know, for us, it's like if you can do it on land and establish that neuromuscular movement pattern, then when you get in the water, it may, may or may not happen, but it's definitely... I think the prob probability of making it happen is much higher because you have that um, pattern established. And, but at the same time, you didn't get to swim your old stroke repetitively every single day. And so that's easier. It's like easier to erase it and draw something new on a piece of paper versus you keep drawing the wrong circle. Um, so to me, that was really beneficial. And, and one other thing um, we came out of it uh, was team unity. And we so appreciate of each other. And every Friday we do a little team uh, bonding event. So I, even though without physically being together and we felt closer than ever, um, you know, we'll, we'll have like a team trivia. We invite our alums come back and say like, so-and-so did this in, you know, this year, who was that? And alums sitting back laughing, right? And it's just, again, a little bit of a team history, a little bit of a bonding, get them to know, because those are the names they heard over the years. But now they actually see the person um, and, and just do a little bit of a, you know, game stuff. Uh, one other thing we did was tell who's who. So everybody submit their baby, baby pictures to me ahead of time. And I'll put the, put the baby picture on the screen and just like, who is that? And it just get huge laugh out of it. And it, just stuff like that, right? And we were able also have sports psychology talk and a great resources, a great friend who volunteered her time and coming in every Tuesday and talk about sports psychology, you know? Again, when we hear sports psychology, it's not just sports, it's psychology as a whole, right? And, and how you think in, in swimming, and that same mentality will translate into how you, how you do in school and, and in social settings. So it's really just to me, it's much needed a time to address certain things that we never able to. Yeah, let's... Let's start to dive into that, but before we complete that discussion on, on quarantine, I also think it's worth noting that even though you guys were out for three months and limited to five days a week actually in the water with those type, four days, sorry, four days a week in the yeah. water. 75 minutes each time. You still have your trials qualifiers, you still have happy kids, and because of those efforts, and those are such great tips that I think teams could take for just if they're looking for any kind of team bonding right there, I mean, there's your consultant advice. <laughs> games, like you're welcome and make sure that you thank the coach with the cool sneakers next time you see her on deck. Cause those are great pieces for, you know, team bonding, which I think we all want. Everybody wants the team to come together, but like the baby picture thing, I can see the laughs and it's such a simple thing that people would love to do. And, and we do it for the seniors usually yes. at the end of their career, but those are just, those are really good, 
connections for people. And, and I think you hit on the biggest one that that psychologist and, and the making sure that our young athletes have some equipment for the hardships mentally and how to maneuver that because unless they're taking, you know, certain classes in college, there's just not a lot of cognitive development for <laughs> mental skills. And I think nothing brings it to the forefront and might be a huge moment in history like Naomi Osaka. And, you know, I am so proud that as a, an athlete, she is brave enough to own her power and she has earned that power. Um, as a coach, I have thought about it from my angle too. And I'll be honest with you, like there are times when answering questions from parents is not good for my mental health and it's the truth. And so I'm not saying that now I'm going to say because Naomi doesn't talk to people. She doesn't want to. I don't have to because that doesn't work in, a, in the reality. I don't have that kind of power. I don't have any power at this point. But I'm just saying that it's an interesting angle that like this isn't just something that we can solve with a consequence for tennis or for the media. Like we need to think about how we are doing this from the ground up. Um, how, how will you take what you learned with the, the psychiatrist in, in these last months and use it going forward with your team? I think number one, awareness is key, right? Oftentimes we feel like, oh, let's say, you know, you talk to a parent and you feel like, I don't feel like answering, right? This, but this piece may not be what's the cause of it, right? If you look back, it's like, what's causing me that, oh, you know what? I had that bad experience back then. I never addressed it, right? So that if you're aware of that, you're able to trace back the cost. And oftentimes that, especially with the kids, their cognitive development, and it's not there yet. And, and you know, they, they are, they're unable to articulate their emotions. Um, so they need to be able to go to a resource, say, hey, I'm feeling this. And so this resource, you know, a psychologist or somebody whom they trust and provide a safe space to them, they're able to help them through, right? So I feel super fortunate that I'm in a position where I have that trust from a lot of my athletes. Um, they, they come to me before they come to the parents. And especially in our area, a heavily Asian American populated area, um, it's a relatability, right? They look at me, it's like, Coach Abby, you, you might be able to relate, right? You're, you're Asian, you're female, you're gay. And a lot of kids even came up to me before they did to their parents. And very hard, right? Very hard in the culture sense. Um, so I'm fortunate in that space, but I also have to be very, very careful with that emotions and with that level of trust. So I serve a, almost a bridge between the parents and the kids and helping, you know, not just in the pool, but in a much larger sense. And, I, and, and that's why I'm very, very blessed to be in a position that able to help others, but get back to you, like what I do, right? Like we inherit all that too, right? Um, my wife is really, really great. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not a very good express my emotions a lot of times and like tend to shovel down and you look like, you know, a tough woman out there, right? Um, but, you know, I think deep inside all of us needs an outlet, right? Whether with a psychologist or with somebody who you love, who you trust, or through certain activities. For me, like I walk in my sneaker store, uh, my sneaker, uh, sneaker room, it's not really a store, it's almost like a store, but um, each day, that kind of like, my eyes go like this, what do I wear today, right? That gets me going first, right? And of course, you know, it's not saying ignore what you're dealing with, really, you know, but um, 
using other outlets to let out. And I think it's really, really important. And back to Naomi Osaka, and I'm so proud of her. And being able to just walk away and take, put herself in priority. So I'm going to take her me first. And whether you media like it or not, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of um, confidence and power to be able to do that. You know, social media sometimes can be great, um, but sometimes also can be uh, pretty damaging to one, right? And the kids and I, um, our group did talk about social media use. And in fact, from a swimmer, he said, if you're feeling down, do not, do not look Instagram or social media because everybody posts their happy moments and it makes you even feel worse. And the fact that he's aware of that and being able to share that, I thought it was really, really great tip. And, you know, of course, when kids are speaking with each other, the things that goes in and it's, it's, it's stick better rather than like, who, who are you? Who do you know? Right. How do you, what do you know? Um, so, um, yeah, no, I think having the outlets, having a safe space to go to, um, is so important. I mean, it's, it's first and foremost, everything. I think your trust and you're right, having the kids do it for each other and be the resource for each other is the most effective way. That's actually how even I believe talent builds within a team. It starts with the kids and being able to spread it, but you are a piece of that. And kids don't look at you, Abby, and say, what do you know? You just alluded to the fact that you are the go-to, but sometimes before parents. And I'm going to assume that the parents, if not, they might be aware of it now. But I think they're probably okay with that. Parents come to me too. Parents come to me too. So that's that's where it gets tricky with your mental health because I I know you're doing great up there, but getting paid like a therapist is a whole other thing. So be careful. But how do you build that trust? Like, how do they know? I, I know that I know that you're a good person, and I've known you for now. I think I met you in like 2008. Yeah, nine. It was a flow swimming interview first, you know, and and, uh, but so I just I know how great a person you are over those years. The people who are on your team are only on your team, you know, for six to 10 years at a time at the most, usually. Uh, How how have you built that? How do you and then how do you maintain it, too? Because it can't be easy to maintain that. I think of the sincerity, like show your true self. you know, I show up and I, I'm a very, I'm a super people person. And I show up and like, how are you doing? And I, like, whoa, like, w- w- nice pair of shoes you're wearing or this new shirt, you know, it just, it doesn't always have to be swim talk, right? You're paying attention to that person, whether it's a parent, whether it's a kid, um, a seven-year-old kid or, you know, 18-year-old, that personal attention that they need. And they, they I think the sincerity and you, you show you you're truly in a conversation with them and not like just because it's business, you show up and you pay your dues and you're done. And to me, it's every, every people I come interact with, um, it's, it's a relationship that, I, that we have um, and different kind. And I used to know every kid's name on my team and um, this quarantine doesn't do me any good and I don't see everybody because we have to get off the pool deck before the next group comes in. So my goal is be able to call every kid's name, whether they're in my group or in a little, little kid's group and having that level of interaction that they see who I am truly. And I think that sincerity, the transparency and showing your true self and they know, and they will sense that. And 
I'm very grateful that our family truly feels we are one big family. And during the, the shutdown time, we had zero water time. There's so many families contact us say, please just keep our dues. This is our due. Go ahead and pick it. Even though without like any swim time, zero practice, go ahead and take our dues as donation. We yeah, wanted to get to that point. That's what I was going to say. You guys survived that so well. Right? So we, we, we maintained about 95% of our membership. And then some others, like, we're so sorry, but when, when we're getting better, we'll, we'll be back, for, you know, for sure. And that connection, um, it's beyond just swimming. And to me, it's, that, that's, that's going to last past the pandemic, past their kids' swimming career. Um, and that, that's what's something that I cherish. Do you consider yourself an extrovert? <laughs> I think everybody has an extrovert and introvert within them. And it really depends on the situation, right? When you're feeling uncomfortable, insecure, you immediately just cave in. And, um, but for me, just, be, just because one, I love what I do. I love talking to people. So I think I am at the most part. <laughs> no, I, I ask for myself really, cause I, I do feed off those same things. I was coaching a master's group. So, you know, knowing all the master's names, plus all of our, all of our membership and, Sometimes I worry that I only have so much memory data to do that because I'd like learn somebody's and then somebody's would get bumped out on the end. Right. So there's something very rewarding in that for me. Like I feel fulfilled and energized by those connections. Um, and that's why I ask, but I don't know if I'm an extrovert because sometimes I get exhausted. Sometimes it's too You're much. Both. For me. You're both. And I have like, for example, like my, my, my kids, I mean, we don't have kids, but everybody's my kids. Um, they graduated from college. They're now in their late, late 20s. And they're still checking in on me. And just pick up a phone and say, Abby, how are you doing? Um, by the way, you know, I'm, I'm doing this work, this work. I'm like, great. You know, they're always like your mama to me, your second mom to me. Now, their interpretation of mom, and I think people oftentimes look at the female coaches like, oh, you know, you pet on the back and super nurturing and all that. Unfortunately, I'm not that type. And, but I'm their rock. And whenever they need me, I'm there for them. I show up. Um, I think that's, that's why they look at me as their friend, as their family, and as their coach. Um, you know, we wear so many hats, right? But I am just so rewarded by these coming back. And like kids, it's not like when with the time that they spend with me in a pool is, is great, but I think it's beyond that, right? After their swimming career, after their college career, and then now they're in, you know, well into their adulthood and come back and have a new level of appreciation of the relationship that we have. And that continues, Bill. And so that is very rewarding. Yeah. Oh, so many cool things. I want to make sure um, we touch about, uh, touch on the otherness of the last year and, and how that is affecting you know, uh, someone like yourself, um, who, even though you referenced the fact that you connect with so many of your specifically Asian female athletes who don't really have as much representation in that position, you do, you are that for so many people in such an important part of the country really for that, I think, but there has to be more. Um, and, and I think, uh, I'm not the one who needs to be telling anybody <laughs> that there needs to be more. So I guess my, my question is how has you know, this past year of otherness um, challenged and, and changed you and, and what, what do we do? How can, what do we need to know um, to, to help the progress continue, I guess? Yeah. Um, 
thank you for asking. And it's been, um, it, it's very personal to me. And just because who I am and where we are nowadays, this otherness really just, um, it shows the ugliness of, of things, but it also shows about above, above. And I think everybody can um, confirm that. And in the beginning of pandemic, when it just happened, you know, when certain one calls um, the, the coronavirus by my country's name, um, it, it didn't feel good and it, it felt threatened. Um, you know, my wife won't even let me go to the grocery stores. And I, I didn't get it. Why? I'm like, because for me, I'm so comfortable, well, especially in the Bay Area with a lot of um, diversity here. I, I, I can go get it. You know, you stay home. And she's like, no, I don't want you to be yelled at. I don't want you to be target because your skin color, your hair color. Um, you know, my friends, she was at the park with her kids and somebody came and spit on them. <laughs> my nephew in Canada was biking on the sidewalk and a guy came and pushed him down. And so this is rather really personal to me. Um, and so it's, 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 um, it's sad and, and I don't think anybody should have lived under that fear. Um, but, you know, unfortunately we are where we are. Um, but at the same time, I feel very loved. And I know right in the beginning, you reached out to me, say, Abby, how are you doing? You know, just, just want you to know that I'm thinking about you. And there's so many wonderful people uh, reached out to me and so they're like look you know this happens it's just understand that's a small percentage of people and what would you have so many people love you and support you work work will be will be here for you um you know this day onwards um so it's 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 interesting right it's it's a mix of feelings where you know you you see you know i try not to look at the media i try not to look at those horror stories but doesn't mean that I should not be aware of what might happen and what might happen to my parents, right? They walk, they're in Vancouver, Canada, and they walk to their park into the morning exercise routines every single day. And I told my mom, I said, mom, can you please not go out? My mom said, you know what? I see people, I'll just walk away from them. Yet again, that's sad. That's, that's something, that, that's a fear that you, you live under. Um, and so it's, 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 it's hard, but at the same time, so many people surrounding me and show me their support, their love. Um, it, it's interesting, mixed the feeling here. <laughs> yeah, and I just, I know that it has to be, I don't know, but it, I know that you've told me that it's, it's when you step on a pool deck, um, there's nobody like you in all the, uh, and, and all the and look at trust, right? And obviously the, the greatest, the, the biggest, the fastest meat held in the US soil. Um, besides the Olympics, um, you know, how many Asian female gay coaches you see on the pool deck? I'll be looking, um, but, you know, is there a lack of talent in these communities? Absolutely not, right? Probably, probably even isolate Asian, um, you know, or, or now, gay and, and have limited, you know, just on their own, right? Yes, yes. And so, you know, we, we have great coaches, um, but I think giving the opportunity, giving the chance, they will shine. And I think that's the representation we need in all levels, you know, not just, okay, female coaches, you coach age group, right? Or, you know, Asians and you do the Asian community, right? No, I mean, talents is talents and being able to coach is being able to coach. But for now, being able to coach is a, a prerequisite and representation has to be the second prerequisite over experience 
or the representation will never get the experience to get the opportunity, right? right? So it has to be a priority over experience even. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for, for saying that. Appreciate that. Well, I just want to make sure I was on the right track because I, I, I do believe that. And I do think as somebody who has had all the opportunities because of my privilege that I recognize and make sure that, you know, the right things are done. And I know that that's a very scary thing for people because, you know, I, I'm right now, you know, in, in the process of getting a job and I obviously want jobs very badly. Um, and I feel very qualified for those jobs, but you I do. understand the current environment and I, I see what is needed right now. So hopefully what else can be done? Do you think? I think, you know, I really appreciate you and, and just, you know, with no matter what level of, friendship or relationship you're in and i think showing up for people say hey what do you need how can i how can i help you know or, or is there like it, can i help you open this door for example right um let's say if you you go and apply job i'll i'll say garrett just put my name down right and i'll be your reference if i can be helpful i think if vice versa goes both ways and just whatever you do right however you would do it for your friends who are you know, in the same category, in your same skin color, what would you do, right? And, and I think at the end of the day, it's humanity, it's kindness, and um, it's friendship. Uh, just showing up for your friends, and no matter what, you know, skin color or ethnicity or um, sexual orientation, you're there for them. And, and it goes back to what I said earlier, the sincerity, right? The transparency um, is much needed. And I don't need you asking me like, hey, what do you think you know, that happens to the woman uh, uh, in New York City got sucker punched on the face. You know, it hurts. It scares me. But, you know, you don't have to say that all the time to me. And but rather just check in, you know, how are you doing? Right. Um, and that's much, much appreciated. I hope that the viewers and the listeners can take away that in just 45 minutes, you can you can see the level of sincerity um, and how your athletes, you know, trust you and how it's all built around that trust because you show up for everybody. You really do, Abby. I mean, I'm a very distant colleague. I've never been even on in the same state coaching with you, but I feel like you would show up for me no matter what. And in return, I really would do anything for you, Abby. And that's the truth. Like I would do anything. And I think that, that, that level of trust, like think about what that does for your athletes. So coaches, I mean, it can be all about X's and O's and you got a great tip with the, you know, vertical uh, stroke work on land, getting the, di I think that's great, nitty gritty, like those details are great. And, and we could By get the way, you can also grab a water bottle and do it too. So as you get comfortable, you start adding resistance and grab a water bottles. But all of that is born off the foundation that your kids, if they don't trust you, if they're like, oh my God, what are you talking about, Abby? I'm going to just stand and do it. That's not the same thing. And then they don't believe in it and it's completely ineffective. And if a coach who doesn't have that trust tries that trick, it's not going to work the same way it worked for Abby coaches. I'm sorry. So I just think that you're right. And at this point, uh, you know, there's everybody is in a different place, but everybody's scared of something and everybody is trying to change something right now. And if we can just remember to show up for the people who would show up for us, I think that's, I, I appreciate that message right now. So Abby, any, any time for you. Yeah. If there's anything else, is there anything else? Or, I mean, anything else going on? Um, things are going well and we're start getting back to normal, you know, and, and we're excited about just the whole experience of Olympic trials and watch hopefully the Olympics happening this year. Um, cause this, this one's special and, and knowing what everybody had gone through 
personally and professionally, and this is extra special. So good luck to everybody. It'll be awesome and make sure if you see abby on deck you come up and uh, and ask her about her kicks so don't know which pairs yet we'll figure it out you're gonna have to stay tuned everybody stay tuned to find out abby thank you so much best of luck at trials and i'll talk to you soon thank you you've been listening to the swim swam podcast stay tuned for new episodes every week you can take Swim Swim Podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.